0: Blog Talk Radio oh. before this is fanatic radio only on blogtalkradio.com mike uh is not available today who knows what he's up to but he will be uh he's got we've got a little bit of him later in the show we got an action-packed show for you today uh we're gonna have an interview with uh, the professor of uh, from uh, the N one live tour how good is that? Then we also later in the show, Mike will have a little uh, discussion about uh, the U.S. Men's National Team and uh, continuing our discussion last week about Landon Donovan's uh, exclusion from the team. We also will have an interview with uh, American University wrestler Kevin Torreio. Uh, so how about that? But we got uh, some great NBA playoffs action. Uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. We know one of the teams in the Stanley Cup Finals. Right now, we could know another one tonight. We could also tonight know one of the teams in the NBA Finals. A lot of good stuff happening in the world of sports right now. So, if you want to join the conversation, call now at, uh, or anytime, 646-595-3137. And when uh, you hear the prompt of Broad Talk Radio, press 1, and then you'll, next thing you know, you'll be on the air. And that is it. Yeah, so we've got a great show for you. Uh, As always, every week is an action-packed edition of... uh, Fanatic Radio. Whether Mike's here, whether I'm here, either or, we got we always got good stuff for it. We will get to a little NBA talk, uh, Stanley Cup playoffs talk, uh, just a little bit. Uh, we will be, have, as mentioned, we will having uh, the Professor on shortly, and um, but first, I want to talk a little uh, NBA playoffs. Uh, while we're waiting for uh, the professor to get on the to come on the line, uh, so tonight game six Heat Pacers in uh, in the American Airlines Arena in Miami, and I in after the thrilling uh, conclusion of game five in Minneapolis, where the Pacers came back uh, and won it down the stretch. You know they did. Just about any everything and anything they could for the Heat to um, get back in the game. They had a chance to either tie or win. You had LeBron James drive down the stretch, drive down the hole. May have had a chance for a layup. Dish it up to Chris Bosch for the three. Three did not go. And a lot of criticism of why didn't LeBron go in for a layup. I think there, for the Heat, you, you go for the win. But we will. Continue that discussion uh, in just a moment. But we, as of right now, we are being joined by from the N1 Live Tour.
1: Excuse
0: me, for that folks, Gray, uh, Grayson uh, Boucher, more commonly known as the Professor. Uh, professor, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on.
0: Uh, well, thanks for coming on. Uh, first question is first. How does somebody like yourself get involved with the uh, the m one Live Tour?
2: It's a good question, man. Well, first of all, I haven't played with m one Live for about four years. Uh, I actually played with Ball Up Streetball, oh. the newer newer version of m one But I understand ah, okay. where you're coming from. So if a player wanted to get down with us or get down with any type of a touring circuit uh, nationwide, there's a couple ways to do it. Number one, You know, it's going to take a lot of work on your game, and it's probably going to have to be something that's a passion that you're pursuing over time, you know, for years in. And, uh, two, you know, it it, it helps if you have a buzz behind you, if you're known in your city as, like, the guy who, you know, maybe isn't, like, an NBA player, but is, like, the best player in the city. Um, Number three, we host trials during the summer. You can check out uh, www.ballup.com and uh, every stop uh, of our summer tour we'll actually have a trial before the game so you can come out and uh, show us what you got. And if we like you, we may invite you to come play against us, and then from there, if you do your thing, you may have a shot at getting a contract.
0: So now you said uh, you left the uh, N1 Tour, you're now on the uh, Ball Up Tour. Uh, explain to us uh, the similarities and differences between that and the, uh, the N1 tour.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. So I uh, played from Am1 from about 2003 to 2010, and during my duration with the company, it actually got bought out about four or five times. And I think it even got bought out recently, like this year, or hmm. late last year, or something like that. And so they just kind of changed direction. Their their marketing scheme was all behind the Am1 Mixtape Tour at the time, and then they kind of changed, shifted to NBA when, when new people came in and bought it. Um, you know, it was people that weren't as familiar with, with basketball and how the company was brought up, and so there was a shift, and um, yeah, so then Ball Up came with the opportunity in 2011 to kind of pick up where they left off and kind of clean up on some of their mistakes marketing-wise, and uh, try to be a newer version. And so I'd say the main difference is that Ball Up, the main entity is the tour, the Ball Up tour. It's not the clothing. And one of the main entity was the clothing, and the tour was used to push um, to push the clothing so so it's a newer it's a newer version there's higher quality content uh, it's the same style of basketball and it's on fox sports as opposed to espn oh really yes
0: cool so we uh, hope uh, everyone will uh, check you guys out on fox sports you know you're known as the professor how did that nickname kind of come about
2: uh it's a good question so 2003 when I went to try out the M1 tour I just went out to a trial similar to how ball post trials during the summer but I went out there when they came to my home state they came to Oregon I uh, played against a bunch of locals they narrowed it down to who the crowd liked the best it became down to between me and this other guy who could dunk and then we both end up get to go in the building and play against the 1 team and I uh, played that night against them I think it was in the Rose garden currently where the Blazers play and I happen to have a good game and they like what I had to offer and, and the MC, who's known as the original voice of streetball, Duke Tango, famous for giving out nicknames. He said that uh, I was schooling people on the court, therefore he beat me the, <laughs> the professor.
0: Excellent, excellent. And uh, one thing that uh, also you are a little bit known for, you had a, a cameo in uh, the 2008 uh, film Semi-Pres, starring Will Ferrell how did that come about? Yes. Oh, uh, it was actually
2: kinda of funny, man. I was I just moved out here to LA like late two thousand seven. Um or mid two thousand seven. And they were having an open casting not far from where I was living at the time. Uh I believe it was out somewhere near North Hollywood. So I just rolled out there to the uh the open casting and uh, just ran through it. I actually was filming another movie at the time. I had the lead role, and so I, I thought at the time that an acting career was something I wanted to parlay my basketball career into. So I just went through this open casting and went through a bunch of regular drills that really weren't even hard. There was a bunch of people that thought they were good at basketball. There was, there was a few good players, but for the most part, it was just a casual walkthrough. And then <laughs> by the end, they were selecting players that they felt would be, that body type would look like players did back in those days, and that also could, uh, you know, look, skilled enough to fill a professional basketball role so when I got picked, you know, it was, it was awesome, man. I was excited. Got a chance to work with uh Will Farrell and Woody Harrelson, real cool guys and to my amazement I came to find that they actually were fans of street ball too, so it was awesome experience. Really? Yeah.
0: Would you say would you characterize uh, uh Farrell as one of those guys as being that you think he's good at basketball but you're not as good as you think sir?
2: No, not at all, man. Cool cat, super humble. Uh, really just, you know, he admires the game, and he, he likes to play it, like, casually, but he's not even, like, he's not the type of guy that would, like, come across mm-hmm. like he thinks he's good or even talk like that or anything. He was just happy to be out there with guys, you know, because there was, like, a few pros and stuff in the movie, and he was just happy to be out there with us. And, uh, cool cat, man. Real cool.
0: Very cool. And also in that movie was uh, the great Woody Harrelton, who uh, one of his famous roles was in uh, White Man Can't Jump. I, I suppose he can uh, run a little ball himself.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Woody's cool, man. Well, see, Woody actually plays on the regular. Like, he really likes basketball. So, uh, yeah, I mean, with White Man Can't Jump, I'm sure he he loves playing that role. as He's a fan of the game and actually plays a lot in his spare time. So it was cool meeting him. Uh Got a chance to play with him a few times, even outside of the film. It was fun.
0: We are talking with uh, the professor of uh, the Ball Up Tour. Now, uh, of all these years doing uh, tra- these uh, traveling basketball uh, clubs, what has been like the more like crazy or bizarre places that you've uh, found yourself uh, uh, playing ball and traveling across the world?
2: It's a good question, man. There's been a bunch of ones that stand out that really were bizarre just different places i never thought i would go for example one time i had a game in bolivia the middle of the amazon rainforest (laughs) and then there was another time where we were in uh angola africa in the most third world place that you can even imagine um there's been another time where i was playing ball in uh bali which is like a little small tiny tiny island in uh Polynesia. It's, uh, excuse me, it's east of Australia. So, there's a few places that were very, very random. I'd say those ones jump out. Um, first and foremost, you know, it's places that I never thought that I would go. Um, other places that come to mind off top, of just different places in Asia that are really random or uh, I've had a game in Dubai and playing in front of a bunch of Muslims uh, dressed out top <laughs> and bottom in their robes and attires. It was just there's been some incredible experiences. A lot of things were unexpected from the jump.
0: Uh, cool stuff, and uh, it says here that you have a, a ball handling tutorial called uh, "Superhuman Handles." Uh, What's the deal with that?
2: Absolutely, the number one most demanded ball handling program online currently.
0: Excellent.
2: It's only open actually for like one more day. So, if you're really? if you're aspiring, yeah, if, if listeners right now are aspiring to become great ball handlers. The Superhuman Dribbling Program basically provides you the foundation needed to be on your way to being an elite ball handler. So these are the exact drills that I went through um, initially when I was in middle school and high school. These are exact drills that I did to be on my way. It, it laid the foundation for everything that I do now. And uh, it can be bought at superhumandribbling.com backslash sales. And uh, it will be open for about another day. We actually sold out the capacity, but we're just keeping it open for uh, maybe another twenty four hours or so just so people can everybody can get in there who who would like to.
0: Awesome. And uh sounds good. I'm glad we uh got in while we uh got in uh while we still could. Now uh we'll get you out of here on this. Uh if you had to say that there was one player, whether they were NBA or anything that kind of inspired you to uh play basketball and do what you do, who would you say that was?
2: Uh Man, there was a few. I, it's it's hard to really, nar- excuse me. It's hard to really narrow it down to one. Uh, I would mm-hmm. say that I was, obviously I was a huge Jordan fan, uh, being that I was an '80s baby and came up in the '90s as well. So, you know, I was, I was a huge on Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Allen Iverson really inspired me a lot too, um, being mm-hmm. that he was still great, but he was also a short guy, so I could really relate on a lot of levels, and he played with a lot of heart, and so he was very very inspirational too. So, if, if I were to name two people, I'd have to go
0: Jordan. In Iverson. All right. He is the professor of the Ball of Tour. You can uh, follow the Ball of Tour on a Fox Sports. Uh, professor, thank you very much for coming on Fanatic Radio. We really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for
2: having me, man. God bless. All right.
0: All right. No problem. Take care. That was uh, Grayson, the Professor Boucher, uh, and I here on Fanatic Radio, and we're going to segue back to a little NBA talk. We had to with our last question. And talk about uh, NBA players, but uh, you know, we talked. We were talking about the Heat and the Pacers. I really think that tonight in Miami, the uh, the Miami Heat are going to get it done, and they're going to advance to the NBA finals. I really, honestly, would be surprised. If the Pacers tonight on the road came out and defeated the Miami Heat, and I really think that LeBron. You know, it's, we always talk about. You know, LeBron is the best player in the world. And it's very hard in the series, roughly speaking, when you to to beat a team that has the best overall player in that series. In generally you don't see it all that often. And, of course, you see it every now and again. And, but and we, but we, it's, it's hard to do. And I really think the Heat are going to close out tonight. But our good buddy uh, Mike, the sports pope, Francesca, has some interesting words to say about LeBron and where he stands all the time. we got a little
2: audio clip. hope you enjoy it. LeBron is one of the three, two or three greatest players who's ever lived.
1: I don't know about that. Oh, absolutely.
2: David. Absolutely. That's a, what, about a, Kobe, he, what about Kobe, He's better than Kobe ever was. Ever. There's no way Kobe's ever done as much on the court as, as LeBron James does. Ever. We'll see. And we'll as see. a matter of fact, none, right of, none of them are as – there's not been a player who ever played – but with maybe the exception Oscar Robinson, who has been as versatile as, as LeBron James.
0: You know, I mean, he makes an, uh, an interesting point uh, about, uh, you know, nobody's really been versatile. He really is kind of a, a unique player. Everyone thought he would be the next LeBron, group, but really with his passing skills and he's not as much of a shooter, he's got a little post game. He's almost like a cross of, uh, you know, you can throw him like Magic Johnson, Oscar Robertson, uh, Dr. Julia Irving, and those guys. I think that when everyone thought, including uh, he promoted a little bit, that he would be the next uh, Michael Jordan. Top three player of all time? I don't know if I'd go that far yet. I think your top three guys are probably uh, – I don't think he's better than Jordan yet. He has to get at least six titles to be as good as Jordan. I really think that Jordan was so dominant. And uh, – and he's been he was so dominant. And LeBron is dominant too, but, he, but Jordan was so dominant that he was able to win. Uh, so he was able to three-peat in a league where it's very tough to three-peat as the Heat are experiencing right now. did it twice. So I think that is he a top-five guy? I would say probably yes. I think if you have a top-five, let's say Jordan – uh, you throw Magic, Larry Bird up there, uh, Kareem, and I think that fifth guy could be uh, LeBron James. And I think that the heat tonight, you can see it on ESPN. You get the full conference final TV schedule on, uh, or what I like to call, default360.com. You can check that out. And then it will be the home of this uh, radio show. After, the full podcast will be available as well on iTunes. And also on BlogRadio.com across the series to the West, the Spurs are one win away now from getting back to the NBA Finals yet again. And it's interesting about this series: first two games, San Antonio, uh, the Spurs were dominant and they won very pretty handily and very impressively. And everyone thought maybe the Thunder can get one, but we could be cruising for a sweep. Then. Just when we thought he was out for the playoffs, uh, Sergio Botten came back from something. And then the Thunder had two dominant wins in a row. But then last night, the series goes back to uh, actually our good friends down the River, Riverwalk, the Alamo, where uh, Charles uh, Barclay says, Creek, Jordan Creek, and how, and, well, we won't get into uh, all you said about the lovely woman down in uh, San Antonio. But uh, we talked, and the Spurs last night, going back home, they dominated in game five, one by, by at least 30. I believe it was uh, the final score. Let's pull it up here. Final score last night? Uh, well, why, why am I drawing a blank? Look at me and ESPN. And you're, actually, com. pardon me. You're failing me. The, the, the Spurs. But anyway, the Spurs were dominant last night. Yet again, their offense was able to do Whatever they wanted. Yeah, they won by 28. If my eyes aren't failing me, which they have before, they are up by 28 when the game concluded. So the Spurs are now, tomorrow night, TNT, um, they are now poised to get back to the final. But they also haven't won a game in all of the city for a while. I think we are poised because of how ridiculous this series is really that. I think we are poised for a game seven. I think Thunder win tomorrow night. Game seven will be Monday, and we know how the fans out there, including you, feel about game seven. Yeah, 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 yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
0: Now, from the the hard ball to the ice, we go. We'll talk a little uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. The New York Rangers last night, they uh, were able to take out the Montreal Canadiens in a thrilling one nothing contest. and Blunk was stood on its head multiple times for the boys in blue, and the Rangers are now going to the Stanley Cup Finals. For the first time since winning it 20 years ago, 1994, they won it over the Vancouver Canucks. And you look at this Rangers team. last few years now, and it's interesting, uh, we've talked about the next and we talked about the coaching stuff. We talked about James Dolan. And actually, when I called into the uh, the Appalachian Mike Francis radio show on what was that Tuesday, and I asked and I asked Mike about. Unfortunately, I don't have audio. I I it happened so quickly. I was literally on the air in like 30 seconds, which is shocking. He always like, you know, that guy. That guy waited two hours. Two hours. To make that point. Now he's just a fool. 1045, uh, 145, here's the big mess. Now, and, but I asked them about James Dolan. He's so known for being so, uh, you know, st- trying to stick his hand in the cookie jar with the Knicks, and they have been a mess since he took over control, uh, ever since they made that final, the thrilling finals, 1999. But he largely has left the Glenn Sather. Uh, Given him a lot of rope to run the Rangers. Shadis had a very hit or miss tenure, but of late they've been a winning team. Henry on foot one certainly one of the league goaltenders in the NHL now. With uh, you know they made a great move for Ryan McDonough, trading Scott Gomez. Um, they, Nashing, uh, and they made that very bold move the trade deadline. Ryan Callahan sending a captain to Tampa Bay for Montana St. Louis. He had a rough start. But really, in the playoff, she's been sensational for the Rangers. And this Rangers team, you know, you look at get like Hagelin, Nass, the very fast club, and they have the goaltending. Uh, but they've been – their offense has been really fun to watch, even if you're somebody like me that, you know, hates the Rangers. Ain't
1: hey, nobody got time for that.
0: But, and, but hey, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due. They're going to the Stanley Cup final. They will face the winner of the Kings. Blackhawks series, uh, the Blackhawks were able to stave off elimination uh, two nights ago uh, by defeating the Kings in overtime. And now the Kings can close them out again, or the, the Blackhawks can force a game seven. And in my predictions, I know our good friends the, uh the more or less best fans in hockey, as some would say. The Chicago Blackhawks, I think the Kings are going to close them out. I think uh, now that they're going um, where is the game tonight? I think that the game tonight is in Los Angeles. Tonight, 9 o'clock start, NBC Sports. Now, our good friend Kenny Albert on the call with uh, Joe Micheletti and Brian Ingram inside of the glass. So, But I think the Kings are going to win it tonight. But either or, I think this is going to be a tough series for the Rangers. Uh, the Kings have got awesome goaltending. Jonathan Quick is just as good, if not better, than Henry Quick and they play physical, so they can – they would be a tough matchup. The Blackhawks may be a team they want to play, even though know, with how loaded they are. Uh Corey Croft a very good goalie. He's a little underrated at this point, but he's no long player. But they have all the firepower the Rangers have. But they like to play up and down, kind of like the Rangers like to do. So regardless, the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, everybody uh, – interest always ticks up a little notch when you have a New York team in the next. Or so whatever that's worth, what but um, but yeah, so we've got some more great fanatic radio, more great radio action coming up on the way. We got a Dave Trail interview. You got Mike Gardner's rant. I know you guys are excited for that, but you are listening to the one and only Fanatic radios here on Blog Talk Radio. radio.
2: Octa, Radio.
0: It's Fanatic
3: Radio.
2: And whoever made the decision to give you this big fancy studio is an <laughs> idiot. It's the reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's cars. Fanatic
4: Radio on...
2: Lock, Talk Radio.
4: Just a reminder, on June 13th, Channing Tatum, Jonah Hill, and Ice Cube team up once again for 22 Jump Street. In 22 days. What's
3: up, dog? We're back. It's more shocking, <laughs> more explosive,
4: and more satisfying.
5: Oh, oh, how are you doing? You were thrusting so
3: hard, I thought your hip popped out. Damn! 22
4: Jump Street. Film is not yet rated. It will be out in theaters June 13th.
3: Radio is America's premier
4: sports music program. It's an essential part of our society, like hot dogs and Cadillacs.
3: With Mike Gardner and Ben Florence providing unique insight from the wide world of sports.
4: He
0: should just retire so we could dip him in bronze and ship him to the Hall of Fame. Playing only the hottest music. The only thing we ever play on this show is most talent in R&D. And always striving for
4: perfection. We're climbing the ladder to success, escalator style.
5: Yes! <laughs> See for yourself. Check out Fanatic Radio only on Blog Talk Radio.
3: It's Fanatic Radio.
5: Even with the way they're
3: playing, we could go undefeated. The reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's
4: colors. Fanatic Radio on
2: Lock Talk Radio. You
5: miss me? I miss all
3: of
0: y'all. Hey. Hey. All y'all girls standing
5: together hey.
0: With little uh, Pharrell, come get his bay. You've seen in Red Wing commercial or uh, Red Bull commercials, pardon me. And you've all seen the commercial of the NBA playoffs on TNT. You know TNT—they did it right.
5: They—they
0: they didn't do a remix of uh, a song and thrown an awful lyrics like uh, ESPN did with Pitbull and their coverage of the Eastern Conference Finals. Which you know, I actually kind of like Pitbull. Guilty pleasure, sue me. And I like Timber. Guilty pleasure, sue me. But um I mean they just I mean Timber if you're gonna use Timber, use Timber, don't make this atrocious um atrocious uh remake that is just it's I mean, come on. But let, let's but let's be honest. It is it is absolutely terrible. But on a brighter note, and one thing I forgot to mention, uh, this past weekend, greatest Weekend in the racing, if you're racing failing me, Mike uh, a lot of million Americans as well. You had the Monaco Grand Prix. You had a, um, you had the Indianapolis five hundred, and you have the Coca Cola six hundred. Indianapolis five hundred this year was won by an American. How about that? Bad. Ryan Hunter Ray, the first American to win the Indianapolis five hundred since Dan Weldon in two thousand and six. Uh, here's what uh, Mr. Hunter Ray to say in the wake of winning and drinking some of the famous elk uh, here he is checkered flag is in the air here comes Casper
3: he won't get there Florida's Brian Hunter Ray wins the Indianapolis 500 yeah.
5: the drink comes true man I can't even believe it I don't even know it hasn't even sunk in yet but this is just the most fantastic team I mean it's the support they've given me to give me this race card two years in a row to have a shot at winning the greatest race in the world, a dream has come true today, and uh, I'm a proud
4: American boy. That's for sure.
0: He is indeed, Ryan hunter Ray. and uh, I talked about it on Beeflow 360 about how this could be a big moment for a relatively big moment for IndyCar. Uh, a lot of people always talk about IndyCar. There, there's a, there are a multitude of reasons why a loss of lost in popularity. And was eventually passed, no pun. Actually, yes, pun intended, by NASCAR and stock car racing in general. But for one of them, had to be there not a lot of of a, a lot, a lot of American stars. And it's interesting, we talk about could Ryan Haraby consider considered out? Because he won the series in 2012. But let's be honest, there is nothing in IndyCar that carries the cachet like the Minneapolis 500. Um, that's just that's just the way it is, and now that we, for the first time in a while, this could help grow the sport a little bit. Now, relatively speaking, the, the, Ryan Hunter-Ray winning the 500 is not going to be the be-all, end-all for Indy, for IndyCar racing. And, um, yeah, but a big win for uh, racers in America, a big win for Ryan hunter Reyes is Neville's 500 and Jenny Green Racing. Uh, also notable uh, in that race uh, Kurt Bush who was doing the uh, Memorial Day Sunday double. He did Indianapolis 500, finished sixth. Never was competitive for win, but a very uh, a pretty good race for somebody who's never driven an IndyCar before. And then in NASCAR, he did not finish in NASCAR because his uh, engine blew up. So have that at you will. But up now, uh, uh, weekly conversation with one of the top wrestlers on the American University wrestling squad, Mr. David Terrell. All
4: right, now it's time for our weekly conversation as American University wrestler David Terrell joins us. He is 125 weight class. He is a two-time NCAA qualifier, a two-time EIWA podium finisher, and an NWCA All-Star Classic winner. The flying Hawaiian himself joins us on Fanatic Radio and taking a very unique approach to his uh, game of wrestling. So be it. Uh, apparently, was a state champion in judo. So David wanted to ask you, uh, how did how is it that you found judo?
5: I sort of played around with it when I was younger, maybe like um, late elementary school, early middle school, and then started playing around even more with it in high school, and just a way to have fun, get some. Uh, a good workout at the same time, I guess.
4: So, as a result, uh, how does it help you in the long run, I guess, with wrestling?
5: It gives you a good deal of a spatial awareness. So, um, someone, you know, is throwing you or trying to put you on your back. You can sort of know where you are and, you know, get yourself back to your feet.
4: So, there must be similarities and differences with collegiate wrestling. Obviously, you are be entering your third uh, official season as you'll be a redshirt junior. So what are the similarities, what are the differences with NCAA Collegiate Wrestling?
5: They're very similar in that they are both individual sports with weight classes and they involve a heavy amount of grappling. Grappling's the main focus in both. Um, The differences are the uniforms. Uh, In judo you wear a gi that you can grab and then of course um, wrestling you wear a singlet and uh, the rules are a little different as well. Um, Judo is more focused on throws and um, on stand-up game, where uh, wrestling's more focused on takedowns and pins. I would say, but um, yeah, overall they're very similar, and they both uh, both have skills that translate uh, to each other.
4: He's David Terrell, American University wrestler, 125 weight class, two-time NCAA qualifier. What are your goals looking forward? You enter your uh, your junior season, quote unquote and you've got a lot of experience under your belt. So I guess going forward, the million-dollar question is, uh, what are your goals?
5: As far as um, wrestling goes, of course, you know, I want to see how um, well I can do and ultimately try and get that NCAA title. Um, academically, you know, I want to be an academic All-American for the next couple of years. And, and uh, as far as career goals, I'm not totally set on anything yet but I'd definitely like to at some point find my way back to Hawaii and see if I can uh, do something with uh, psychology there so we'll see how that goes
4: and of course it's interesting that your brother uh, as Teague Moore announced the 2014 15 recruiting class Josh Terrell a 125 133 weight class he had a high school overall record of 121. He became Hawaii's first ever four-time wrestling champion, four-time judo state champion, ironically some, uh, breaking some of the records that you actually held. But an interesting thing, uh, people always talk about coaching and the pupil and the, and the professor. Teague Moore was a um, NCAA champion in the lightweight class as well, when he wrestled at Oklahoma State. So what has Teague Moore meant for you as a coach developing your wrestling game?
5: He's helped me evolve from just a wrestler who uh, does judo moves to a wrestler who can pretty much uh, do everything he needs to do to be successful. So it, in addition, he, he's just a great example of um, what we need to do right and you know, how we can be NCAA champs, so, which is the goal.
4: Of course, American looking to get back to the, uh, the wrestling pinnacle. A couple quick shout-outs for the wrestling team as you guys were the ninth highest GPA in Division One, and your teammate Danny Mitchell named the NWCA All Academic Team. He was also an Elite 98 team. David Terrell, American University 125 weight class wrestler. He joins us on FNAF Radio. Thanks again for taking the time. For so the Eagles with a 3.21 GPA, ninth in the country. Great to see academics shining, as always, for American Eagles. David Terrell will be a registered junior next year. The Flying Hawaiian, 125 wrestler, second in the IWA, which is American University's wrestling conference that they're in. And just one point away from becoming an NCAA All-American, very bright future after bouncing off a 34-10 and 10 record as he's second all-time with a 34 wins and second all-time and single season wins as a program record. So a lot ahead for David Terrell. All
0: right, so that is David Terrell. Pardon me for the incorrect pronunciation. His interview with Mike Gardner. I have no idea what that little that music or audio is going on in the back of Terrell. Uh, and when he was speaking, but uh, yeah. So it's 4:40, 20 minutes left in the program. You want to call into the show? Six four six five nine five three one three seven. We still have uh, Michael Gardner's uh, men's national team rant. I know you're excited about that, but let's get to uh, let's get to the hardwood right now. Um. Let's talk some b balls and specifically, let's talk about the Los Angeles Clippers. It appears that they may have a new potential owner at a hearty $2 billion, and I believe that our next caller is that man who is poised to potentially own the Los Angeles Clippers, Mr. Jeff Parles. Mr. Parles, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good, Flo. How are you doing on this uh, on this glorious Friday, uh, uh, one, one day before I leave the country for good, Flo?
0: That's right, uh, Jeff Farrell who is a, uh, the host of the uh, now the Overtime Live podcast on uh, KCOU in uh, mm-hmm. University, of Missouri. You are where? No, you say you're you're leaving the country. Where are you going? Uh,
1: I'll be I'll be in the uh, the great the great country of Italy uh, for the for the next month or so. Uh, uh, I'll learn learning about uh, about your 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 boy Mussolini over there, Flo.
0: Uh, well, I don't know where you're coming uh, with uh, that bit of a uh, uh, little dibble-dabble put on. Let me, let me ask you a question, you know. It's one thing that's been interesting. It appears that the Clippers may be in the process. They may be being sold right now. Uh, Steve Ballmer's got a two a record-setting $2 million off, and now think about this. The previous all-time high for a franchise being sold was the Milwaukee Bucks a few months ago for $550 million. We're talking like uh, four times that. But also what's interesting was Steve Ballmer, not only the uh, Seattle guy, um, and he came close to buying the Kings and moving the Kings to L.A., but he also, apparently the guy who was going to run the uh, the operations there was Phil Jackson. How about that? He's now running the Knicks. And, uh, and you're a Knicks fan, Jeff. What's your take on this whole uh, Steve Ballmer potential news?
1: Well, I don't, I don't know what you are talking about with the Knicks fan portion, but uh, I, I'll start with this. First off, when you're worth twenty billion dollars like Mr. Balmer is, uh, two billion dollars is nothing, which is which is scary for you and me. Well, I think obviously, if we had two billion dollars, we'd never work a day in our lives. But I well, fine. The one thing I will say, I, now I would that do they, this now, show. Well, yes, they. You know what? This is I mean, this, this is fun, though. This is fun. So. Uh, I I'll I'll say this about, about Ballmer. I I'm kinda I'm not surprised um at the amount of money he ended up throwing at it just because of how he's I believe he's the third richest man in America. Uh only behind mm-hmm. Gates and Buffett. Uh, I, I think that's the case. I may be wrong and I, I know he's worth more Does than Does he Paul have Allen, more than
0: Larry Ellison?
1: Uh, he's him and Larry Ellison, I think, are close. Ellerson may have him beat, so he's either, he's either third or fourth. He, he's like, he, uh, let's put it this way: he's he's very, very rich. Um, you could say that, and has more, yeah, he, and has more money than he's ever going to be able to spend. Uh, so, I, I, hey, why not? he's uh, two billion dollars again. If it was, if, if he's, you're throwing that much money at it, just because it's a Los Angeles team, yes. It is the Clippers, it is the team, yep. up, until about four, up until about three years ago, was notoriously awful in every sense of the word. But now you've got Doc Rivers, you have Chris Paul, you have Blake Griffin, you have Paul and Griffin, uh, other than LeBron James and Kevin Durant, they have to say at this point, those two are on more commercials than anyone else. Uh, and yeah, we love they're easily, th- they're easily two of the five most marketable guys in the entire so you know, for for him, why not? Uh, it's a glamour. LA mm. a glamorous city. He said he's going to move on down there. So uh, for, for for Ballmer, why not? It's it's, it's he, he's he has, for, he's given up one eleventh of his fortune. That's for for a basketball team. That's well worth it. <laughs> Let's talk some b balls well, I like Mike Green in the house. I like it. I like it. I know I like
0: we love that. Brain. We love that little audio clip from uh, our good friend Don Imus and the Imus and program. But, you know, and it's interesting. Everyone's like, "Well, wow, how could the Clippers be worth as much? A, it is Los Angeles. It's that team. And not only that, you can make a case now, it's always going to be a Lakers down. But with the Lakers uh, about to struggle for the next few years, the Clippers are in prime position with two stars in their prime and a very good coach. And now you have an owner that's not a clown. That that team could basically run that t- have a little run and run uh, run L A. You know what I'm saying? Well, well, I'm surprised that they didn't freeze
1: the envelope for the Lakers to get the first or second pick. Instead, they decided to give it to your boy Dan Gilbert and his and, and his great son, who you love.
0: Hey, God um, loves Cleveland because Cleveland runs.
1: And, and, yeah, like Drew Carey never said anything truer in his life other than
5: uh, other that's than spinning the wheel.
1: Um, but uh, a. It was awful. Um, but uh, listen, listen, I, I, the one thing that I've been hearing the whole day with all the stuff that all the radio has listened to, uh, it, 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 this doesn't really dictate, for me, yeah. Ballmer throwing $2 billion at the Clippers doesn't mean they're worth $2 billion. That's
4: right. Uh,
1: it doesn't mean that. Uh, the Clippers sold for $2 billion because Steve Ballmer Obviously, they, they, listen. Donald Sterling will never get will never get uh, shunned on the on his money. You know that. So we do know it, that. It, it, they obviously it sent the uh, it gave him the wrong uh, gave him a higher estimate of the team, and then Ballmer was like, "All right, I, I want this. Let's give him two billion dollars so he makes sure he sells it to me." And they got it. Listen, the the, the Dodgers sold for two point one billion dollars. Five hundred million of okay. that was just the land in the parking lots that Dodger Stadium are, is on. So mm-hmm. for this, the Clippers have a have a don't even one don't have their own building. It it, 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 it split with the Lakers. Obviously, the Kings are a co-tenant as well. But that, that's it, 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 nine, most of the other arenas in the NBA and the NHL are both. Or like Dallas, if the Stars and the Mavs play there, um, and yeah. others, Philadelphia, um, if uh, Chicago, Chicago they're, they're co-tenants with hockey teams, so that's not out of the norm. But they're splitting the arena with the Lakers. Uh, mm-hmm. They have a, if I'm correct, they have a pretty mediocre television deal for an LA team.
0: Well, they're, they're, I was actually about to bring that their television deal is expiring, like either next year or relatively soon. That's another. Uh, uh, thing that, uh, is so because that could be a potential windfall because as of right now in Los Angeles there are four regional sports networks. You have the 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 long time when you have Fox Sports West. You have Prime Ticket. Uh, if I recall correctly, Fox Sports West. There's the Angels and the Kings. I think Prime Ticket was the Ducks. I could be wrong on the hockey teams. Then you have uh, uh, Prime Ticket is the announce- Ducks and the Angels, I believe. No, I think the Angels are still on Fox. either way. Those are both run by Fox, and then you have Time Warner Cable, uh SportsNet, uh which is uh the Lakers, and the Lakers only. the Lakers own a piece of that. And then you have And the, and the Dodge, Time, what about the Time Dodger War- network? Time Warner Cable Sports LA, which uh nobody has in LA. And that's only that's only the Dodgers. So you, it is it is right now uh, Beyond the, the besides New York, and we, we can't really. I mean, New York is uh, technically also a three, four RSN down, but it's also because two are own, co-owned, and one well, is. and also, but, and the
1: also, also with that, SNY has only the Mets. The YES, yes. Network has the Nets and, and 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 the Yankees, and that's it. And then obviously everybody else gets thrown onto the MSG umbrella, so yeah. it, it, it is slightly different. though, Obviously, as I, I assume that's where you were going with that.
0: Yes, exactly, and and also that's different. because you have two teams that are owned by uh, owned by uh, a, you know, a corporation that owns their channels. But it's, but that's what's interesting. Now there's sti- the the sports TV rights bubble it's not going to be burst, at least not until yet, uh, at least not for a while. Now, the Clippers, you have that, and now you buy a team, the rides are going to be worth a fortune, and, or else you can take them in your own and start your own network, which I don't think they, I don't think they will. I don't think the Clippers long-term can carry a network like that. But uh, we'll give you the final word.
1: I, I tend to agree with you on
0: that. Uh, I, I really, I, honestly, what, what are the Clippers on right now? The Clippers are on. They are on. They are on one of the Fox. I think they're on. Let me let me pull this up. Los Angeles Clippers. They are on. If if
1: they're on one of the Fox channels, Fox should try to
0: keep them. Yes, they're on. They're on Prime Ticket, with some games also on Fox Sports West. They also have a little. uh, OTA deal, if they're complex on either, but right now, Fox controls four teams, uh, three winter sports and one uh, s- uh, summer, because uh, they have Fox Sports West, and they have Prime Ticket. Prime Ticket owns um, Prime T- prime T- Fox Sports West has, uh, I don't know, we'll, we'll discuss that another time. He is that guy from that thing, Mr. Jeff Ross. Thank you for Calling in the Fanatic Radio.
1: Hey, thank, thank you, Flo. Uh, I, I will. Uh, you won't hear from me for a month, so uh, uh, goodbye
0: right. and uh, see you. See you in, uh, on June thirty. All right, goodbye, Flo and Amen. That's Jeff Parles. He's a buddy of mine. Call in because hey, sometimes you got to do what you got to do.
3: You might want to put this in the mail
0: before you go to jail. And now we're going to go to, as uh, promoted, Mike's got a little soccer rant on the U.S. national team. I've actually not listened to this before, so this could be very fun. Let's take a listen. Thanks,
4: Flo. Glad to be semi-joining the show. Hope everything's going well here at Studio 111 as everything is well in D.C. uh, As Michael Gardner is continuing his cross-country travel before finally ending up in Dallas. Uh, Time for your daily soccer dose here on Fanatic Radio. First, I just want to say that the United States picked up a 2-0 victory the last time that we were on the air. Only this time, Americans beat Azerbaijan 2-0 with goals from Nick Descarude and Aaron Johansson. Uh, I have to say, it's the first time that the United States has debuted its 23-man World Cup roster under head coach Jurgen Clemson. And I really hope it's not what we see from... The future games going forward, because we looked sluggish, we looked slow, and it looked sort of like a mess until Clemson finally brought substitutions on that ultimately uh, made us uh, winners. But makes me very concerned the fact that he has to bring on substitutions that, one, our starters don't get it done. Two, I love the fact that ma- the majority of the players have never played with each other. They're like Matt Beasler and Jeff Cameron. have only started two matches together. They've made like 20 caps, and they've never played with each other. Also, it's very ambitious that Jürgen Klinsmann is going toe-to-toe with, with, I guess, destiny and fate, taking his young squad to Brazil. Yeah. But the fact mm-hmm. that he's still working out combinations when we're just less than two weeks away from the World Cup is very disappointing. Yep. And we are, mm-hmm. in fact, going with Outland and Donovan, as opposed to what the moron Ray Hudson had to say on Sirius XMFC Channel 94.
3: And this move to leave Landon Donovan out, a player that's got more experience, leadership, vision, inspiration, a two-way player, committed, driven, at 32 years old, after the achievements he has done in his career, leading the United States by their bootstraps every World Cup. And you're telling me that Brad Davis, Bedoya, Johnson... Jussi, Discarude, Dempsey is better than Landon Donovan. I'll tell you another thing. When you look at the Landon, the, the record that he has done, and people can say, oh, it's all in the past, three. He's not playing well. He's not doing well for Los Angeles Galaxy. He's not playing right at the top of his game. He's fat, he's old, he's slow. The people don't know what they're talking about when you're coming into a battle of this regard, you're, not t- you're telling me that he is not in-, he's not in your top 23, a player that's one of the best, the best footballer of all time in the United States history. And he's not in your top 23 players. He doesn't belong in that league it, 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 amongst the top 23.
4: Ray Hudson is a moron. First of all, the fact that Clemson has left Lana off the team, it's not like he's going to go back and say, oh, I made a mistake and change it. He's completely set his sights on Ghana their first game, which he has repeatedly said to reporters. And what Lennon Donovan did respond was he ended up breaking the MLS all-time goal-scoring record, now with 136. Congrats to him, breaking former FC Dallas player Jeff Cunningham. It's fine. He vented and not on the team. Interesting enough, some – some stories did leak over the past couple of days, according to MLSsoccer.com. Apparently, Michael Parkers, the defender for the Columbus crew that was one of the seven players cut, told the Columbus Post-Dispatch last week that he said, quote, I just think it, his mind was set up even before the camp was started. That makes it a little easier to swallow, knowing I don't think I could have anything else. Close, quote, speculation saying Clemson already had his mind set. Did he? Maybe he did Who knows? I'm pretty sure he did. Landon Dobbin dug himself in a hole, like I said last week, when he went on that sabbatical during World Cup qualifying. You just don't do that. LA Galaxy is one of the worst teams in the West this year. And Clemson wants players performing at the top of his game. Landon Dobbin is great. He would have been a great addition. Coming off the bench, he would have been just fine. But the players against Azerbaijan, you know, they came off the bench. And they did a fantastic job. It does seem weird not seeing Landon Dobbin having missed Eskarud score in the number 10 jersey. The fact that Nike soccer is still selling Donovan jerseys when he's not going to the World Cup is odd. It's strange. But, hey, it's life. You know, people are all upset how Ronaldinho didn't make Brazil's squad because their coach is going in a different direction. They're taking youth. That's what soccer is. Soccer is not like the NBA where you have guys like Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, Jermaine O'Neal still playing in the league. If you're old, you're easily replaced. And DeAndre Yelvin, 20 years old, got in, Didn't let up a goal Curious to see what they do Against Turkey June June 1st But who knows If anything Aaron Johansson Should be applauded That guy has played I want to say Less than A few times And He already comes in And scores Off the bench A beautiful header One of Clemson's imports Fantastic player only 23 years old, has made eight caps and has scored two goals, has the best goals-to-game ratio right now, apart from Chris Wondolowski. So those are two additions that Klinsman got right. Although John Brooks and Julian Green did not play, you know, they'll get their field time. But Aaron Johansson, I called this guy saying that he he was a good player when they added him. When he made his first cap and, and lo and behold he's, he's done a great job off the bench. It's curious though, a very young defense that hasn't seen each other. Kingsley, it worked out because I think USA to be playing the underdog card and I am perfectly fine with that. The only thing I'm not perfectly fine is if the rest of the American media can go along with it. So Clemson said so they played great. You know, tricky conditions, they still made it through. A lot of key role players I think are coming into shape. And we'll have Dempsey back. 2 p.m. Eastern, June 1st and Red Bull Arena. The United States takes on Turkey as the send-off series is officially underway. And that is my soccer rant.
0: Back to you, Ben. Thank you, Mike. Uh, great stuff, as always. Uh, really fire. I mean, hey, I, you know, I, I like, uh, I like you know, it's a, what it's worth. I like the guys. So... What an episode of Fanatic Radio It has been Where's the outro Here it is There it is Outro scene We always start With Green Onions And we always conclude Green Onions 40 seconds left. 459 till the top of the hour. Well, thank everyone for uh, uh, calling in. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, fun show. I always enjoy doing it. Uh, I want to thank uh, the professor. Of, uh, and I want to apologize for my I made a mistake so telling you to still Dan one. I think my buddy Jeff Pauls are coming. Dan uh, Terrell, My partner for his doctorate uh for everybody here at uh, Blancard radio uh, fanatic radio this is Ben Florence glad golf of- have a good weekend we will see you next week